Amalgamaniacs to your very next installment of Amalgacast. We are your hosts, the friendly neighborhood Shelby Croto and the boy wonderful Ian Wallace. And we are going to be kicking some knowledge and bringing the facts. Uh, this episode, Shelby and I are going to be going over House of X, Powers of X, the first four books. Um, giving you guys a little bit of info, letting you know what we thought about it, giving you our brief, uh, you know, fan base kind of perspective from it, and then bringing you your favorite part, our favorite part, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Shelby. Ian. (laughs) Welcome back, or welcome again. Yes. Or hello again is more <laughs> more appropriate, I think. Um, so this is a little bit different for us, the podcast thing. We're usually cutting up on video. You can find us in Amalgamania and all over the world and different the other media. Um, so how's it feel? It, it's a little weird, not going to lie. It's a little different, right? You would think that, you know, we're seasoned veterans at this point. How many seasons of Who Dares Wins and, and Amalgam Reviews? We're like seasoned veterans, and such a little change can throw us off. I know. Right? Covering everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> right, you know? So that just goes to show you, a little change sometimes can be unnerving, but, you know, if you're seasoned vets like me and Shelby, you weather it and get through it. It's good to be back, though. Oh, it is. It is. And such great material starting off this year. Oh, man. We are first. I would say our first three or four are going to be kind of awesome. People are really going to dig it. They ain't um, even ready. They're not. I don't think that they really are. And then um, we, we are going to be bringing the um, Star Wars cast into, uh, I think it's the fourth or fifth episode is going to be coming. So if you missed that in uh, Amalgamania, you can catch it right here on Amalga Cast. Um, the Dorkening Network. We are now powered by the Dorkening Network. Shout out to all of our Dorkening crew and family. Um, thanks for giving us the opportunity in this space. Uh, we can't wait to have some of you guys on um, Cast and um, do some collaboration work. You guys are awesome, and we are going to do the best that we can to make this podcast stand out on the network. Um, House of X, Powers of X. Shelby, take it away. Give the people some pedigree information. Let them know who's on the writing, who's on the artwork. What are we working with? Who's publishing this thing? Go ahead, Shelby. Kick it to them. So it's going to be pretty easy for me to go through this list because it's pretty much the same people for both House of X and Power of X. Um, Both of these were written by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, both were lettered by Clayton Cowles, colorist for both was Mark Garcia, editor for both of them was Jordan B. White and Annalise Bisa. Uh, the only difference is for House of X, uh, the penciler and inker for that one was Pepe Larraz, and for Powers of X, uh, the penciler and inker was R.B. Sylvia, and Andrea B. Benedito uh, also helped with the inking for that. Uh, obviously, main characters, X-Men, publisher, Marvel Comics. This is a superhero genre. If, if no one knows what the X-Men is, 
it is a limited series. Uh, they started publishing in July of 2019, and they stopped about October of 2019 for both issues. And there is six issues for both, so 12 in total. Okay. Um, there are, that's the uh, pedigree information, so if you don't know much about the books, now you know. Um, we do have physical and digital copies available for sale in the in amalgam markets. Um, so please stop by there for all of your um, book needs if you need them or go to your local vendor. You know, but go get the books. You're definitely going to need them. Um, Shelby, where to start yeah. with this? This is like, <laughs> we have been, and the thing is we've been following the, or loosely following the X-Men from I would say we solidly grabbed on around the Inhumans versus X-Men run. And I think mm. we kind of like right there, we were already kind of independently reading the books separately. You were reading them, I was reading them. And then we kind of like decided that we were going to converge and make sense out of the, you know, Marvel Universe's um, population of mutants and start from um, Inhumans versus X-Men and kind of loosely follow where we could. And then you had such a great run with Uncanny and all of the uh, Age of Apocalypse-esque kind of stuff that was going on there. And, um, like, we have been on it. We have been following. We, <laughs> we've been on top of it. Yeah, we really have. And, like, we've been really trying to keep on top of Marvel's favorite mutants or the world's, you know what, let's go a little bit broader than that, the world's favorite mutants. And um, it's, like, it's been such a roller coaster, but now we're here, you know, and there's just so much to say about this. Um, I mean, the preceding events, you know, I wish that we had more time to kind of get into that and sink our teeth into what brought us to this apex. But, you know, we have a job to do. This is a Malga cast. So we are to bring the people, not only the pedigree information, but also um, a critic's point of view, our personal point of view. And of course, your favorite part, our favorite part, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, starting off from the critical view, I got to kick this one over to you, Shelby. I'm going to try my best to formulate my words because I have so much to say as a critic as it relates to this project. And it's not bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have bad stuff to say, but I got so much to say. So I'm going to kick it over to you first and um, get your critical side of what uh, you've read and what you've been uh, thinking as far as um, this project is concerned. So let's go with, um, it started in House, right? Or was it Powers? Uh, it started with House of X and then okay. switched over to Power of X. All right, here we are. Okay, so I'm setting you up. Shelby, we're, here we are, the introduction, House of X number one. You're reading the first 10 pages. What is going through that beautiful head of yours? Oh, shucks. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, so unbeknownst to me, I did not know that this was a segue from the previous comics we've already read and reviewed. Right. So getting into this, I was like, wait, how come I already know what's happening? Right. <laughs> I was one. so confused at first. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Isn't that amazing? Like the confusion comes from us actually being on par and being caught up to everything for one. Right? Usually I'm just confused because I never know what's going on. Right. And now I'm confused because I actually knew what was going on. We can't win, Shelby. We just can't we, win. We can't win, Ian. 
So, I mean, first impressions, obviously, it's good that I know what was going on. Right. <laughs> Two, I mean, obviously, I mean, Inhumans versus X-Men and Uncanny, the artwork has just been so good throughout all of them. But I definitely, I definitely got a different vibe with the artwork from this one. So definitely shout out to Pepe Larraz and uh, RB Sylvia because the artwork in this was so clean. And even though for both House of X and Power of X, it was different people doing the artwork, you definitely could feel like a unison between them. So definitely their art styles are similar, but you can still tell that they added in their own flavor. So I, I really enjoyed that right away, just like the clean, crisp artwork. And then a big thing that I loved was Jonathan Hickman being the writer for these. So, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, Jonathan Hickman also wrote the star story arc for Avengers and New Avengers. So he, he's already been an incredible writer in the Marvel Universe. So for him to come on for this project, I was already really excited. Just to piggyback and, real quick off of what you just said, um, mm -hmm. I've said it once, and I've gotten some flack from it, and I'll say it again. The New Avengers was easily my favorite run of Avengers. I've read a, I've read a lot of different Avengers runs, but the New Avengers, when like Luke Cage was the was like uh, he took Captain America's spot as like the leader. And like Wolverine, Iron Fist. I mean, it was a star-studded Avengers team, but it was one of the dopest runs. And then they had like the Dark Avengers. It was just dope. It was I loved that run so much. So I, I shout out to Hickman. Like he he is so good in his craft that you you definitely can see it in his writing. And the oh, yeah. thing I really like, and I think we talked about this during uh, our Uncanny review. He's not afraid to kill people off. Oh my God. That was Shelby. We had like, we had like, I mean, first we did, I think we did like heroes in crisis, like a month or two before that. And then yeah. we went through what happened in uncanny and like, we needed grief counseling. It was bad. It was, it really, was really bad. Like Shelby and I had to take a second. Cause we were like, it was, it was really traumatic to lose so many different characters so quickly and on so many different levels. And we were just like, what is going on? But we were loving the risks that both companies mm -hmm. were taking just pushing that envelope and saying, hey, you know what? You know, we, we know you guys love this, but we know how much you love to see change and we know how much you love to see, you know, these awesome dramatic moments in these books and series. So we're going we're gonna to make sure that you have that. And I'll, I'll say for damn sure, um, during Uncanny and definitely during Heroes in Crisis, that was not a miss. There was not a time. No one was safe. No, no. one. And, and I loved it. That's one thing I love because usually superhero stories are always so predictable because you know they're not going to kill off your favorite characters, but they were not afraid to go there well, and yeah. they killed off some pretty big names. Oh yeah, definitely. So it, it was a shock. We were not prepared. Nope. <laughs> so, and, um, so going from that grief into this, I'm like, right. I wasn't ready <laughs> no i'm neither was i i'm still kind of reeling so um is uh, what else critically is there anything else you wanted to add critically i mean that was the the big thing for me i i didn't have too much wrong about this i mean the artwork is always on point the writing was spectacular i think the only thing that 
threw me for a loop is that there is a reading order for this. Mm. So it is like two separate series, but you need to like read them in a certain order to understand what's going on. Right. So if you do read like, say all of the House of X first without reading the Powers of X, you're going to be confused. Yeah, very confused. So that, that is one thing I will suggest to anyone that wants to pick up these series is make sure you look up the reading order so you just know what order to read these in. And then, and if you, um, and I know a lot of us, once we get to that final page, we're already opening up the next comic, like damn whatever's coming else after, <laughs> after that last panel, we don't give a damn about what's coming next. So I know as a comic, as an avid comic reader, I'm guilty of this as well. But you, um, if you look in the back pages of the, um, House of X number one, it does list the reading order, so it's there. Mm -hmm. um, but I know how it is. Once you hit that last panel, you've got to know what's going to happen next. So don't think to just jump to the next comic. Definitely check the yeah. reading order so that and um and good and and good save, Shelby, for all of our uh, readers and listeners out there, just so that you have a little bit of a leg up on getting into this story. Um, for me, critically, oh Shelby, I know you're I know you're so sick of hearing me talk about this. <laughs> I don't, I have got to voice my opinion as far as this is concerned. And I'm glad that we are in the place that we're at as far as the X-Men um, are in um, the Marvel universe. There was just too many damn X-Men books. There yes. were just too many. And um, they were saturating, um, you know, the, the public with these different um, iterations of X-Men. And it was just, it was annoying. It was very hard to follow. And it actually made me not like the X-Men as much as I used to, which I would think would be impossible on any level. I went to go see all of the movies, all of the movies. So if that doesn't tell you how big of an X-Men fan I am, how horrible they were, then I don't know what else to tell you. But I watched every single one of those movies from start to finish simply because they were X-Men movies. And um, this is one of my, next to the Teen Titans, this is my favorite um, superhero team of all time. So... When I say that there was too many iterations of the X-Men, that should be telling you something. Luckily, um, Marvel must have understood this or in their wisdom saw that there was a better way. And they quelled a lot of that by bringing us into Uncanny, killing off a lot of characters, um, rewriting the universe. And, you know, Shelby and I had to go through all kind of um, grief counseling and, and, and trauma and roller coaster rides to get to where we are now. And we're here and it has not stopped. It, it is not stopped. It is like, I don't know why these people are doing this. I'm loving it. And at the same time, I'm hating it. But I love it. They're taking us all over the place. And again, the Marvel Universe and the mutants as we knew them have been completely and utterly changed forever in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm loving it. Um, from, a critic, from a critic's point of view, I have to honestly say it's refreshing. Um, it is just what the Marvel Universe and the mutants of the Marvel Universe needed. I feel like for once the X-Men are, or, or not the X-Men, but Marvel's mutants, should I say, um, have an indelible place and a solid standing in the Marvel history and in their own. I mean, they already did, but now it just feels more so. It feels like I can follow and and be able to enjoy these books again the way that I used to and I am very excited about that bring it on I already have all of the um x books that are coming out ordered um I'm getting them in the order that they're coming in and I cannot wait to get the graphic novels so that I can read so I am collecting and I am planning on reading all of them so you know from a critic standpoint all I could say is 
kudos uh, to all of the creative team and um, Marvel and their, you know, whoever pulls in the strings and makes the decisions over there. Um, this was a good look as far as um, revamping the X-Men and doing something spectacular with them. So thank you. Um, personal views. Whoa, I got to say, um, I'll start this one off. For me, um, personally, this story is amazing. Hickman is like all over the top of making sure the X-Men are written correctly and he's bringing this like this arc where there's so much happening spoiler alert we are going to talk about events in the first four books so if you have not read the first four books in order in this series you might want to turn this cast off at this point um if you have what the actual hell <laughs> who would have thought Moira Mataggart was not only a mutant, but capable of in reincarnation and has been all over. It makes sense. This whole time, Shelby, we're reading all of these different series, Age of Apocalypse, um, um, Extinction Agenda, House of M, all over the place in different iterations, in different universes, in different planes. And we're reading these series just to find out that there was this one anchoring point and it was her one of the most insignificant characters. I mean, I don't mean insignificant as far as notoriety. I mean, insignificant is she's never been like the crooks or the, the main ingredient in any of the big battles or big decisions that go on with the mutants. And to find out that she was like this true North and this, this, this very solid anchoring point this whole time blew my mind, like completely blew my mind. I was not ready for this. When her and Charles Xavier sat down and had the conversation, um, and she's explaining to him, like, I know you. I know you very well. I know you from all over the cosmos and different time streams. You know, read my mind so you can see. And from that moment changing Charles Xavier, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And then to see how that unfolded into this story, into these first couple of books, it was just amazing. So from a personal standpoint, I was just like all, all on board from the first few panels and I was completely addicted to every panel after the fact. Um, the artwork, I, I, I hate to crib off of what Shelby was saying, especially in, in um, the fact that, you know, most of the time we choose such great books, so it's hard not to knock the artwork. But in this particular um, run, I got to say that they are going for that Jim Lee 90s X-Men feel, and I can feel it. I can feel those books coming back. And obviously we'll never have, uh, you know, art like Jim Lee's, exactly the same unless he decides to come back and draw for the series but this is damn close like it's sharp it's 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 like wet dripping off the page i love it i absolutely love the way these characters are it reminds me of my x-men um and i'm all for seeing which um artistic routes that it takes going forward but as my personal view is concerned very pleased and give me more shelby um, just to piggyback off of what you said, like, who would have thought that Moira was a mutant this entire time and then, like, just kept reincarnating? And, like, because, like, you, ne you never would have thought and just, like, after, like, she dies from her regular life, just realizes she's back in her mother's womb with all of her previous memories. Like, how me- okay, like, just imagine, like, 
just you die one minute and then the next minute you're like waking up as a newborn again with all these previous memories like and, and having to go through that as many times as she has exactly like just reliving your life like watching your loved ones die over and over like and i think it was her third lifetime that she was killed by mystique pyro and destiny mm-hmm. and they like burned her alive slowly so she wouldn't forget their encounter like just dying horrifically over and over again and having to remember those things that is just insane and so and then, and then her motivation as well as to like i gotta save the mutant race with this information exactly and like i believe she can only have 10 reincarnations and it was her final one that she was like told xavier to like read her mind and that's when he was able to see everything she has gone through like that i i was blown away by that like and, just the, the thought of that just and then the oh, strength of of what that meant for like it it changed it changed the mutant race mhm like it completely changed the mutant race in the Marvel universe because you have to go back now to say, well, okay, Charles Xavier has been reborn kind of, he can walk and he's aware of what's going on, um, you know, and what has happened in the past. And, you know, basically this is a brand new, this is like, it's like, it's the X-Men, but it's a brand new chapter that Mm. we've never seen or, or could understand until now. So that's awesome. Like, and, let like, again, Jonathan Hickman, like, if anyone was able to bring life to this new era of X-Men, it was him. Agreed. Like, I feel like if, like, don't get me wrong, like, the other writers for Marvel are amazing, but I don't think anyone was able to kind of, like, reel it back and pretty much, like, kill off the old X-Men that we were just getting tired of seeing over and over again and pretty let's much starting the ashes. Like let's be honest, it was a fucking mess. It was a it Marvel, was, it was a mess and and him come he clean he came up and cleaned this up very nicely and and gave it interest like I'm interested in what's going on with the Marvel mutants again. Before I could I could care less. It was like, look, there's there's four Cyclops, there's three beasts, seven Icemen, I don't care. I don't care. I just don't care. And now it, it's it like was too much. Right. And now it's like I want to know what's happening. I have to know what's going on now because I'm interested in what's going on and that's that's a that's a huge change for me as far as the pace of the X-Men. So Agreed. Um so now that we got our more personal views out of the way, we're going to get into your favorite part. Our favorite part. The good. <laughs> The bad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Selby, um let's let's both go with our good. We're gonna go we're gonna change things up a little bit and we're both gonna go with our good. We're both gonna go with our bad and we're both gonna go with our ugly. So I'm gonna let you go first. What's your good? So my good, I'm pretty sure I've already said it a few times, just the writing. Because I'm like, usually it's the writing that lets me down in stories. And this time it was like fresh daisies on a rainy day. 
Like I, I needed this refreshing smell. I needed that fresh glass of water in the morning. Right. We needed this. Right, we did. We, as, as avid readers and um, following the X-Men books, I agree 100%. We absolutely needed this. Um, for me, it's all good. I don't, I, I really, I can't even, I'm, I'm sitting here, think, I already know all the good things I want to say, but I'm thinking more of the bad and the ugly because I, I'm trying to find out what are going to be my bad and my ugly. But um, mm. all right, the good for me is real simple. Um, we are back to an X-Men run that we can understand, easily follow, and readily enjoy. And it's been a while since we've had that in the Marvel Universe or in comics, period. Thank you. So. That's my good. Just keep up the good, concise, clean work and keep us interested. <clears throat> um, the bad. Oh, is there anything bad to say about this, Shelby? Like, I don't, I, I mean. I'm like over here trying to like pick my brain and I'm just like, I cannot think of a bad for this. It is so hard. Okay, I will say this. It has been a little hard pressed for me to get the whole Age of Apocalypse angle into this. And um, being that both Apocalypse and Sinister show up through this series, um, it, it kind of gets cleared up, I'm guessing, at some point. So I, I got to really hold my tongue and not really call it a bad. But um, it, it has been a little confusing trying to figure out their ultimate roles in this. And are they going to be a part of this new mutant utopia? And what's going to happen as far as all that that's concerned. So that's a little that's a little on the ugly side for me because I don't know. Or I'm sorry, that's more on the bad side for me because I don't really know exactly what's going to come of that. And age of the age of apocalypse esque books after Uncanny were a little hard to follow. So mm-hmm. if anything, I guess I'm still kind of left with a hole at the end of that. But you know, outside of that, it's it's there is no other bad. This is an awesome run and please pick it up and check it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you? who knows? Maybe later on, we're going to have those answers questions. And mean, that's what I'm guessing. Because, yeah, no, because I'm pretty far in the series myself um, without spoiling anything. And I can say definitively that there are answers, whether or not there, you know, uh, there's any closure is one thing, but there's definitely mm-hmm. some answers. So there has to be more to come. So, you know, we'll just have to keep reading on. But um, that would be my bad is just I'm kind of still left with that whole kind of, you know, feeling after the whole apocalypse-esque, Age of Apocalypse-esque kind of books. Um, what about you? What's your bad? Oh, man. I mean, if you don't have one, that's fine. I mean, like, I had to struggle for that. So Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to have to agree with you. Um, just some of the things I know we would like to have cleared up for us, but it's something we don't know until we keep reading. So I don't know if I can say definitively if I have a bad until I read the rest of the series. Okay. Understood. Um, the ugly. I actually have a two-part ugly for this one, and it's not bad stuff. It's actually just super ugly stuff that happened in the book. So Um, it's good. It's good ugly. This is a good ugly, like coyote ugly. This is good. Um, <laughs> um, Sabretooth versus the Fantastic Four. 
Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, wow. Like, this dude just kind of came out of nowhere and was like, yeah, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll hold off the Fantastic Four. And I was like, whoa, Victor, chill out, dude. You're going to get <laughs> you're gonna get broke. And this you dude, can hurt yourself. Yeah, no, nah, and this dude proceeded to hold off the Fantastic Four, and I am still kind of reeling from that. Like, I don't – I wasn't ready. So shout out to Victor Creed and his – can do attitude. He he really did hold the Fantastic Four at bay long enough for the rest of his team to get away, and that was dope. So that's my first part of my ugly, and the second part of my ugly is the Xavier Magneto team up of the century, ladies and gentlemen. They are friends. They are friends. They are friends, real friends this time. Like they're cool and they are on the same page and they are dead serious trying to save mutant kind. So if you've ever picked up an X-Men book ever in your life, I'm sure you understood what that meant. But my ugly stemmed from when Magneto was talking to the United States about how it was going to go down in this mutant utopia and how he was like, look, we're your gods now. Like, he was very, very nonchalant and specific about the fact. And what really scared me about it is Charles Xavier did not once stop him or say, no, Magneto, we're not trying to be gods. No, we're just, he not one time did Charles Xavier intervene in that. And to me, it was compliance and agreeance and silence. And that's scary. Like, to think of the scale of these two characters and if they're on the same mindset, like, F the humans, all of the humans. And it gives me shivers up my spine. It like makes you think like, what is going on? And I'm sorry, it's 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 very eerie, and I'm so looking forward to see what happens next. But um, that is the attitude and the overall aesthetic of how it's going down. Emma Frost, Professor Xavier, and Magneto are like, yeah, we are your gods now. So be nice, and we will not throw thunder, thunder like lightning bolts at you. <laughs> Like, this is how, this is how, this is their approach to the United Nations. Like, they're like, look, we are your gods now. Be nice and we won't destroy you. And that is, that's, that's the overall aesthetic of what's happening in the Marvel Universe as it relates to mutant relations right now. There's no, yeah, like we got to worry about uh, Lieutenant Stryker and Henry Gyrick and these guys are going to hunt us down with machines. And it's like, no, there'll be none of that fuckery ever again. Like, that's just never going to happen again. Like, that's how. That's the tone that's being set, and I'm kind of, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where it goes, Shelby. How about you? What's your ugly? Um, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit with my critiques. The ugly for me is obviously make sure you look at the reading order, because before Ian kindly informed me, hey, there's a reading order, <laughs> I tried to go straight, just read through all the House of X before Interesting I- Interesting fact. <laughs> Interesting fact, I actually read them out of order, the first two books. <laughs> so it's not that I'm a genius. <laughs> I, it was just more like, Shelby, don't be a moron like me. Be a better moron. <laughs> learn from my mistakes. Right. <laughs> well, at first I was not learning from your mistakes. I was doing the same. It's okay. But learn from our mistakes, people. Please. Yes, please. Read them in order. It helps. <laughs> it really does. Um, so that does it, I think. Yeah, that's our show. So um, congratulations. You now have the 411 and the down low on House of X and Powers of X, the first four books 
Um, Shelby and I are feeling very generous and very uh, uncanny, if you will. <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to, you see what I did there? I see you did there. And um, we're going to be giving away a Mr. Sinister Marvel Legends action figure from the, um, I believe it was the, I forget who the builder figure was in that. Oh, and I should know this. I'm, I'm the show and tell guy. Um, I forget if it was Wendigo maybe, or it was Apocalypse, but the Mr. Sinister from that Marvel Legends Build-A-Figure series, we're going to be giving him away with a couple of um, Mr. Sinister um, related X-Men books, and we are going to be giving away a digital copy of House of X number one and Powers of X number one. Um, if you can answer this trivia question, um, Kurt Wagner, the Nightcrawler, was abandoned at birth by his real parents, and he was raised by someone. Who is the person who raised Nightcrawler? You can leave a voicemail at 443-365-1340 or message Shelby or I um, personally in Facebook Messenger or uh, leave a text on that same number. And... Um, First come, first serve. First person to give me a correct answer will win a Mr. Sinister action figure and will also win a couple of Mr. Sinister related books. And you will receive digital copies of House of X and Powers of X number one by answering that question and also letting us know what you thought of our first amalgam cast. So um, get some. Yeah. So what do you think, Shelby? I mean, that's a pretty juicy giveaway. I think so, I'm, too. I'm just saying, by default, if no one answers, it should just go to me. I agree. <laughs> so I agree. If y'all don't want me to have goodies, answer the question so you can get the goodies. Right. So there you go. If you're going to mess up Shelby's day, call the number, give us a correct answer. Uh, if you're not, you could walk away with a Mr. Sinister action figure, some books, and some digital copies of the very story we were just talking about. Where else do you get this? Where else do you get this kind of awesome stuff? Is there another podcast that does this for you? If there is, we need to know about it so we can one-up them. So we can fight them. Right, and also fight them. <laughs> yes, we're petty here on AmalgaCast. We are. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening and um, enjoy and stay weird and we will see you on the next time.